This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 24th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready for a loaded draft recap. Lots of stuff, lots of steals, lots of reaches, all sorts of stuff. Um, the trade of the story. So we'll we'll go over all that. And with me to do so is Ed Isaacson. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Mike? Not much, man. Just uh, recovering from yesterday. It's one of my, probably about five days a year, I, I get down on energy drinks. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's one. Last night, the NBA trade deadline day, and then whenever there's 13 or 14 games and an NBA night, uh, it, it's quite the grind. So those, those are my, my energy drink days. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is this is yeah, sort of yeah. You know, once this weekend's over, it's sort of uh, you know the culmination of just a, a real hectic you know six weeks or so. And I hope we have a vacation planned. Um, uh, no, no, it's no. Uh, summer league. Hopefully, yeah. Man. Oh, are you gonna go? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. Yeah, we'll see if everything can work out. I see. I'm. I'm almost think. I almost may. I may not be going this year for the first time in four years. So. Ah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about. It. I'm kind of kind of regretting it. I think I may have to make some last second changes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get down to this thing. We're gonna again. We're talking about winners, losers. We'll go through top ten who can make an impact earlier, fantasy appeal guys, all that, and then other players who are great opportunity spots, and some other stories too. So let's go over winners. Um, I think everyone is in agreement that the 76ers, uh, Sam Hankey, rest in peace. Uh, they won their their trade uh, their trades and the process finally came to fruition with Ben Simmons uh, going number one. So I think it's kind of hard to say they weren't a winner last night after so much work Hanky put in. Yeah, well Simmons is yeah is certainly not that centerpiece kind of pick you get at number one. Um, he is a, a just a great addition to to what they have and will make you know whatever whatever lineup Philly puts out there. Um, He'll make them better, uh, you know. And and they didn't do, you know, they did fairly well at the end of the first round, also. Uh, you know, though, though I don't go as crazy as a lot of these people do um, for some of these international guys. Um, Luau and Korkmaz could pan out down the road, and it, you know, this is a great value for them uh, getting them this, you know, this late in the first round. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting pick, and then they uh, they have cornered the market on picking up Furkan's on their yeah. roster. <laughs> they had uh, Furkan Aldemir a couple years ago. He is uh, what I think is a famous for an eight point six usage rate um, in his yeah. career, um, and then Furkan Korkmaz, who apparently can shoot the lights out, um, but he's real thin, so it's definitely down the line project. Uh, way to get some shooting. Uh, that's kind of a Brett Brown loves shooting, especially to go with Ben Simmons who can't shoot it. And then another note was Brett Brown was saying they're going to play Simmons and start him at the four. So that raises some eyebrows because they have Joel Embiid, they have Julio Okafor, they have Nerlens Noel. So 
I mean, you're not going to play Nerlens Noel at the three, <laughs> so yeah. that yeah, that makes you think that something's going to go down. And I thought that was, an, I felt like when Brown said that, maybe Colangelo was like, "Don't say that," because it kind of hurts their leverage for for other trades. Because uh, everyone uh, knows they want to make a deal there. Yeah, though so it does, and, you know, it does actually make you know sense mm-hmm. in, in a way because it's that's pretty much the only place you can play Simmons. Right now, and you're not, you know, and you're not going to hold him off the floor um, with the ability he has. Uh, so yeah, it is going to be interesting how how they. You know, I'm a big fan of sort of just collecting as much talent as you can in the draft, and then then having to sort it all out. Um, but you know, it, when it, when it gets to this point, uh, you have some interesting decisions to make. Yeah, and that that's what is they're undoing right now. Uh, they have. Three years in a row, they went with a, a big who really can't space the floor yet. I mean, Embiid is the most likely to do so. I mean, Noel, terrible shooter. Okafor is eight feet and in. Uh, so that's a very hard schematic to put together. So one other thing on Simmons before we move on. Uh, Brown was also saying he's okay with him being a positionless guy, kind of running the offense, um, point forward. And I think we mentioned Lamar Odom uh, in our previous pod. So that's something uh, that happens. So for fantasy, man, I don't think he's going to shoot the ball very well, so that's going to hurt a little bit there. But like DFS and points leagues, I think Simmons is going to have some huge games. Uh, yeah, and it, yeah, there's so much he can do, and it's, you know, depending on the matchups, he's going to offer, you know, there's going to be nights where it, it's going to be a mess for him, and there are going to be nights where he'll look like a superstar. Do you think he'll have more trouble against bigger fours then, or do you think he'll be... And be able to be fast enough to beat them, or uh, no, do you bigger, see any matchups that would give him a problem? Yeah, no, bigger forwards. I think that's where he has the advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he's you know if he's playing the four, yeah, I think he'll have a huge advantage against a lot of these guys with his ability to just take you know take the ball off the dribble and uh, then create off of that. It's when it's when you start putting uh, you know quicker uh, players against them that. You know, you're not sure. That's when you, you know, in college, that's when you go down into the post. You're not sure what Philly's lineups are going to look like. I'm not sure how they're going to, how they'll pull that off. Yeah, they've had some wild ones. They played uh, Jeremy Grant at the five, I want to say, for 15 minutes in one game when they were, had a lot of injuries, of course. But uh, Art Brown is not bashful about getting creative with lineup combos. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I guess a lot of this all still comes down to Embiid. A couple of years of yeah. just what you know, it comes down to Embiid if he's going to be able to do anything. Uh, that will have more effect, I think, on, on lineups than Simmons. All right, so let's move on. Um, I think another popular uh, winner uh, would be Phoenix. Uh, they had some interesting moves. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, this happened really fast. Boston was reportedly out on Dragon Bender. Um, props to the the Boston media's two guys. Um, uh, Sousa, Scott Souza and Mark Murphy uh, covered Boston. They were on that right on cue, and it held up. So the Suns were able to pick up Bender, and then they traded up to go for Marquise Chris, who was always their guy up until that news broke. So they got him at eight, moved some guys around, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is not coming over next year. He's gone. They traded the 13th pick, which picked out to be George's Papagiannis, which is the, one of the best names in the draft. Um, and then the 28th pick, which turned out to be Scal LeBissieri. So uh, I think everyone likes the Suns picks. What do you What do you think about the guys they got? And this, well, I thought, too, one more thing is 
Last year, they didn't care about need. They took Devin Booker, closed their eyes, and just, all right, he's the best player. This year, they had a huge, huge hole of power forward, and they addressed it with, with two top eight picks. While I, you know, projected to be you know, more stretch fours, or ve- you know, they're very different players, um, which, which is nice for the Suns. They, you know, they, can, they can sort of bring them along, uh, each on their own development, uh, uh, development scale, um, you know, I think the athleticism of Chris is going to um, pay off dividends more quickly, um, especially with you know with with the guard you know the guard lineups that they have. Uh, I think he'll fit in well with that. Uh, Bank Bender, it's going to take a while, but uh, with that ability to stretch the floor, uh, if he if he deals well with um, sort of the speed and uh, you know the physicalness of the NBA game. Phoenix is going to be a lot of fun to watch because there's just going to be so much space on the floor. Yeah, and they did the old take two. And we do this in fantasy drafts a lot. You know, you'd have two late picks uh, and you draft two guys with huge upside and hope one goes off. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that's the case. Like you said, very different players, too, which I thought was fascinating. And, and again, I love this trade they made with the Kings because um, you were worried about, even before Bogdanovich was possibly coming over, you were wondering, where the heck's he going to play? Devin Booker blew up. Bogdanovich is pretty much a straight two, so he's going to be, Booker's minutes are safe. I mean, they have Blitz, so they have Knight. Uh, I mean, he was a total surplus, and they flipped him for value, so I, I loved that trade. I'm, yeah, yeah, and, you know, and the Kings, yeah, we'll get to the Kings soon, I'm sure, but, uh, yeah, I can understand want, you know, wanting to add Bogdanovich. There is still uh, a good player there. Uh, but, yeah, there's no need. Phoenix, it would be nice to have him, but they didn't need him. Yeah, and then one thing on the Suns, they have a stranglehold on the Kentucky point guards <laughs> with Bledsoe Knight, Archie Goodwood, if you want to call him a point guard, and then they picked up Tyler Ulis. Uh, the super, what is he, 5'10", 150? Like, he's the smallest guy in the draft, right? Yeah, uh, well, there's one guy shorter, but, uh, uh, uh Kay Felder, but, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Tyler, you, I mean, Kay Felder, solid 170, I think, at least. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, even though an inch shorter, he had 20 pounds on Ulysses. Yeah, what, he had, um, like a, one of the top three combine verts, right? I think he was like a 45 vert or something. Okay, yeah, Felder, it's, yeah, yeah, it's very similar to we saw Kiefer Sykes last year. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that type, you know, small and explosive, uh, which is the opposite of Ulysses. Uh, you know, Ulysses is a fantastic point guard. Um, you know, knows how to, you know, he runs the floor when he's out there. He know, you know, knows how to get guys the ball in the right spot. Uh, and his height has never really been a deterrent. Um, you know, he's out there among the, among all these big guys and still, still has the vision, still can make the passes, uh, just not a great shooter. Um, so, you know, he's really going to need that to come along if he ever wants to get. Yeah. That's uh he's kind of, it sounds like a, like almost like a reverse Trey Burke. <laughs> like Trey Burke was a decent shooter. Couldn't do anything around in the inside, but wasn't a great passer. And Trey Burke's, Trey Burke's like eighth on the point guard depth chart now <laughs> with what Utah did last night. Uh, so let's move on. We could kind of go through these a little bit quicker. Uh, you and I differ a little bit. Uh, I have OKC as a winner. I love what they did with this trade. 
Um, and Demonis Sabonis, a great fit to kind of replace Serge. Obviously, you're not going to replace Serge, one of the best defensive power forwards in the NBA, and that's going to be a major problem for them for a team that was so-so defense. Now they're going to have to play Anis Cantor more, but I'm okay with that. They made their bed. They paid him $70 million last year, and they're like, all right, we'll live with it. He, I thought he improved a little bit on defense, and the key is, and we talk about this all the time, they didn't expect Steven Adams to be this good. So they have all that money on Cantor. They're going to play Adams a ton. So big fantasy winner there, by the way. Um, so I love that, and I love Victor Oladipo. Uh, they got no production out of shooting guard last year. And now if they can keep Durant and Westbrook and lock those guys down, that team is going to be an incredibly fun team to watch. So I love that move for them. You know, it, it's only the defensive part that gives me pause. You're adding Ilyasova to, <laughs> to the group. Sabonis, yeah. uh, who has defensive potential, but is not there yet. Um, and Cantor, and there's just going to be a big, a big hole there. And I, and I end up put. I think it'll end up putting even more pressure on on Adams. And mm-hmm. while you know, while while the breakout year was nice, you know, we'll have to see how that holds up um, with this group without having an Ibaka out there. One other thing we can't forget is Katie at the four. Uh, Katie at the four was terrific against, especially Golden State, uh, and it won't hurt his offense there. He'll be good to go. We'll see him play, um, depending on what they do in free agency. If they could add a wing or another four, whatever they do, but we'll, we're going to see more KD power forward. Um, and then also, this just hit recently: uh, the Thunder are going to pick up Ilya Silva's option. So um, looks like he'll be in the fold, possible candidate to start. Um, so we'll, we can talk about that um, a little bit later with players who could make an impact. Um, so what other winners you got? Um, those, those are the big three I thought won. Uh, uh, love what Memphis did. And, and they didn't have to do anything. They just sat there, watched this whole, you know, watched this all play out um, in, in the early part of the draft. Um, you know, sit at 17 and have Wade Baldwin drop into their laps. Uh now, you know, the question of whether Conley is going to come back or not, um, it's still up in the air. And Baldwin certainly isn't a replacement um, for Conley, uh, certainly and not right now. Uh, but they, they, they did need some depth at the point guard position either way, um, and Baldwin will give that to them. Uh, and then uh, to have uh, Deonta Davis, who pretty much universally was considered a lottery pick, uh, fall to them at 31. Uh, well, they actually made, well, they made the deal with Boston to get one of Boston's picks and saw him sitting there, got him at 31. Um, young, big, athletic, uh, but very raw. Um, it's a lot, you know, but there's a lot to work with there. And to get him in the second round is just phenomenal value. Yeah, I mean they're going to pay him a lot less. Um, they did. They gave up a 2019 first round. Uh, I think that is protected. But yeah, why do you think David slid? By the way, I, mean, I, I couldn't. No, to no out. one. I mean, no one has an idea. I, I mean, there's the idea that his workouts weren't that good. And here's the thing: if you're when you're considered a lottery pick, and your agent is sort of limiting who you work out for and how those workouts are going to go. If you certainly, you know, if you fall out of that group of the you know, the teams you worked out for, uh, it puts other teams on the spot. And if they don't think they have enough information on you, you know, it, it just becomes a free fall. 
uh, you know, because they're all just going to keep passing. Uh, and so, I mean, I still think it would have been a great value in the end of the first round. Give them the guaranteed deal you want. Uh, if the guy was going to take a few years anyway. Uh, but no, I mean, as far as anyone knows, um, there's no, you know, one specific reason um, why this happened. Yeah, that was uh, definitely one we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about for steals. Uh, if you want. We could just we could just include that now. Um, and ba- yeah. we, Baldwin, I think Baldwin was a steal too. I mean, point guard. No one really went after point guards. Uh, all those teams like you were. I assumed that the Hawks were going to go point guard at twelve. I mean, I was kind of stunned by that that they went with Tareen Prince um, and the Bulls too. Another team that that needs a point guard. Um, they passed on him too. Uh, I thought that I thought those two teams were letting Baldwin go. I thought it was very odd. It seemed like a lot of GMs were sort of start, you know, trying to play smartest guy in the room, <laughs> um, and try and outdo each other with saying, you know, I'm going to go and take the most bizarre pick and, <laughs> and see if I can make something out of them. What was it? Fourteen international players in the first round, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think that was the number fourteen. Uh, and. Yeah, you know, and the chances of many of them panning out is going to be uh, extremely rare. I mean, not because one, very few of them. We're not dealing with a lot of Hazonia, Porzingis types who uh, were playing at a really high level and getting time. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are projects, even for international players. Yeah. And do you think that's a testament to this being kind of a weaker draft, maybe? I mean, I could see a lot of that. I could see the idea of not having to, you know, with the cap rising, and you know, there still is a lot of uncertainty there, even though they know they're going to have a lot more money. Um, they're just not sure how it's, you know, how they're going to allocate it all yet. And you know, adding a bunch of guys that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to pay this year, yeah, um, you know, can help in that regard. That's a great point. I mean, you could get them on rookie-scale deals for this year. Uh, with the cap going up, you're going to have an incredible amount of money uh, down that line, even with um, the scaling going up a little bit. But that's still a, a great bargain. Um, yeah. So, so who else Who else did you like? What love, they'd... love what Golden State did. And it's not often uh, <laughs> you, know, you have the top team in the league uh, doing, well in the, you know, doing well in the draft. But... Uh, I think they got a, a great value at number thirty with Damian Jones. Uh, you know, it's likely Azili is going to make more in free agency than Golden State would want to give him, uh, and Jones is a great value at three. Uh, you know, inconsistent at the college level, uh, but has has the physical tools uh, to be to be a good backup big man and. You know, because he recently had surgery for a torn pectoral, uh, his value dropped. So Golden State, ha- you know, saw him sitting there uh, at number thirty. Uh, but the real, I mean, the real big move for Golden State was thirty-eight, getting Patrick McCaw uh, nice. at UNLV. Uh, who you're not really sure what to make of, of him yet as a player, um, but you know there's something there. Six-seven uh, can play either backcourt spot. Um, is aggressive, likes to attack the basket, um, and is a ball hawk on the defensive end. Yeah, I know he had a lot of steals at UNLV, and I know GM Bob Myers was saying he had like a, a mid-first-round grade on him. 
Uh, yeah, they pounced on, on that trade with the Bucks to go ahead and get him. Um, so, yeah, that, yeah, I like those two moves as well. Um, probably won't see either get much playing time, but great, great projects for a team that's obviously uh, a fantasy goldmine, by the way. Um, so anybody else you, you like what they did? Yeah, I mean, just the last one quickly. I, li- I like what Brooklyn did in this yeah. draft. Um, you know, I can understand that that is young trade and just sort of clearing decks and starting over for Sean Marks as much as they can. And, you know, with that 20 pick they picked up, a Karis LeVert is a guy who would have been a lottery pick um, if not for, you know, the injuries the last two seasons. Um, yeah, I think he, he didn't even play a full season combined in the last two years mm-hmm. in college because of foot injuries. And the Nets, I think, feel comfortable. His, his, the doctor who dealing with his foot is the same guy who deals with Brooke Lopez. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy because Brooke Lopez has so much uh, foot injuries himself. I thought that was an interesting happenstance. <laughs> uh, but, but he's been able to stay healthy the last couple of years. Um, yeah. So, you know, that might give him some comfort level. But, I mean, there's a huge need for the Nets in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lavert is another one. You can play him at either spot. Um, let him create, uh, can shoot the ball, can get to the rim, um, and has long arms uh, to defend on the perimeter. And I'm a huge, huge fan of Isaiah Whitehead. You know, keeping him home in Brooklyn, it, one, it's going to create a lot of excitement um, there for a team that can really use it. <laughs> yeah. and, and two, he's good. I mean, the second half of, of this past season, uh, he, you know, were times when he literally carried that Seton Hall team uh, to the Big East Championship and then into the NCAA tournament. Uh, he'll drive you nuts. Um, you know, it's a lot of Lance Stevenson uh, to him. <laughs> but it's that ability to just sort of create things out of nothing, um, which is still rare to find. And uh, to get him in the, the mid-second round is great for the Nets. Yeah, that team is going to be young. <laughs> They're going to have four guys, 21 or younger, um, possibly all starting um, with Chris McCullough, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, and the two guys you had mentioned. Um, yeah, I, I mean, from the fantasy side of it, you're, these guys are probably going to get drafted in like 14, 16 team leagues, which is kind of fun. Um, yeah, that, that team has some major depth issues. Um, who do you think would maybe make a faster impact? Would it be Lavert if he can stay healthy, or are they going to kind of take it easy on him with them? Um, little bit because it was a stress fracture too so given the Bradley Beal thing where we've seen the stress fractures kind of be recurring do you think they kind of put the reins on him a little bit yeah and I you know I don't even think he's ready to go at this point like you know for summer league or anything like that so it's it's going to take a bit and Whitehead uh you know he's just that mentality give him the ball and let him let him go out there and go to work uh uh, you know if you like shooting percentages he's not your guy (laughs) but uh, he's going to get points. He's going to get assists. Um, he's, a, he's a good rebounder for his position. Uh, so there's there, there's a lot to like there. Yeah, I saw the and I saw Levert in his 14 games. He had a 64.3 true shooting percentage. Is, is really really good uh, for especially for a wing or a, guard uh, or a point guard. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's an interesting guy. Um, you know, the one thing the sort of knock against him even before this year was. Long defenders gave him a problem. Um, actually, his old teammate, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, uh, the, the job he did on him two years ago in the NCAA tournament um, what was disheartening to watch. 
because uh, Levert was unable to do a thing um, against him. Uh, so it would be nice for him to at least have him on the same side. Yeah, Rondé's my guy, man. Love, love that guy. Uh, so that's it for the winners? Yep. All right, let's go to some losers. Uh, I'm going to kick off the Magic, man. I hate, hate, hate that trade they made so much. Um, so to recap what they did at the deadline and what they did last night, they basically gave up Tobias Harris, um, and they, they just got him for cap space. Um, and Victor Oladipo, who's uh, – I love Oladipo, and then Sabonis. And they're doing this for a year, Serge Ibaka and cap space. Like, I hate that trade. Uh, and they just feel like they're going to sign so many guys, and they're assuming they're going to sign Ibaka. Like, that's a, a very dangerous assumption. Yeah, with that 11 pick, I, I mean, I think Sabonis would have been a great fit for them. Uh and even not, even if not, if they were choosing to keep that pick, um, there was still enough talent there where they could have, uh, you know, found someone who could would have been a great addition to that to that core with keeping Oladipo. And uh, it, it, you know, I said, I, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it as much as you do, um, but yeah, it's 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 sort of more uh, confusing to me. Yeah, it puts them. They have to overpay for people now, and I hate putting yourself in that position. Uh, and then, yeah, you're basically banking on Serge staying. Uh, who's if Serge stays, then it won't be quite as bad. But if he bolts, that this trade is awful. Um, I guess another kind of angle that I thought was interesting too with this trade is what do you do with Aaron Gordon, a guy they played at power forward, kind of didn't really develop. He thought that once Tobias got dealt that we would see Gordon kind of come into his own. So I don't know. He really wanted to play the three coming out of college, and that was kind of a priority for him. So I don't know if that's part of their logic. Because, I mean, Serge is going to play some five, I guess. But, you know, you're taking power forward minutes away from Gordon for sure. Um, and then I guess Hazonia slides over to the two. So, I mean, Hazonia, I think, was a really big winner for playing time last night, too. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're ready to take the next step with that group. And, yeah, Gordon... You know, I know he wants to play the three, but he's a four. Um, yeah. That's where that's where his comfort level is. Um, you know, yeah, they're, they're, he has that excite, you know, that sort of excitement to him. You know, when he is able to pull off something with his ball handling, uh, but most of the time it, it's more entertaining to watch because he's going to bounce it off of someone's foot. Or, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the plans are for him, except. He's just another guy who brings a lot of energy for him, and that, that's really his role. Yeah, he was all face-ups all the time at Summer League last year. Uh, yeah. he, was, he, he loves to play uh, face-up. So, yeah. Um, okay, I know we agree on this one, and I think everyone agrees on this one, is Boston is probably the, the biggest loser for what they did. I mean, you have eight picks, and the only real trades they made were the one we talked about with the Deontay Davis uh, and the 35 pick to get a... a a 2019 first, which is a pretty good trade. Um, I mean, Davis is basically a first-round player anyway. But anyways, uh, I mean, there were rumors flying around about uh, the three with Chris Dunn and all that. And, I mean, they had all those other first-round picks they couldn't package. Uh, yeah, uh, it's basically like playing hot potato uh, or musical chairs, and they lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's not like I really dislike um, – the guys they ended up picking when they kept their picks is not what they need. Um, you know, the deal getting a deal done really could have been a game changer for, for them to take that next step. You know, top few teams in the East, and then even when keeping the picks, 
I don't understand Jalen Brown. I don't understand Jalen Brown at three. Yeah, uh, a lot of most people, and you included, were were really down on him. Yeah, I mean, you just don't know what to to make of him. And the last thing Boston needs at this point is, is a project, and he he does have an NBA body, um, but the skill level just isn't there. Yeah, uh, I, felt, I felt like it was almost like the Bulls were saying, "Hey." Um, we like Jalen Brown a lot. Why don't you take him? And then that was right at the buzzer when they said that. Okay, we'll take him and we'll work on something. And then uh, it seems like to me the um, the Bulls are a little bit closer on a deal with the Wolves. So yeah, I I, I hated that pick. Yeah. Uh, and then adding you know Yabusele and uh, Ante Zijic uh, will help their front court in, in the long term. But again, nothing that's going to to help them now. Um, and if those guys pan out at all, but you know, good value for uh, Yavaselli may have went a little higher than people expected, uh, but it does give them some more size and depth in the front court in the long run. Uh, the one, the one pick I love is getting Demetrius Jackson. <laughs> yeah, your boy. Except, except they don't need uh, yeah. another small point guard. <laughs> Seriously, Marcus Smart on the. I mean. The- is smart on the trade block. You're going to take a se- semi-ready player to play behind Smart and um, I mean they played Smart at the, th- at the two a lot, but yeah, yeah I, I didn't like that move. I thought yeah. that pick was going to get traded. Uh, yeah, uh, there may there may be a market for Jackson still, and this was a guy who um, should have been a top twenty pick, uh, and still my going in was my my pick to be the best long term point guard prospect in this draft. I mean, everything you want is there, um, except for the size, six one and a half. Uh, but you know, we've seen that's not a deterrent. The guy's a super athlete, can shoot the ball. I'm just, I said, I'm I'm confused, confused as much as with how Davis dropped, how how Jackson dropped this far. Seriously. All right, so let's round out the losers here. Uh, who else didn't you like <laughs> what they did here? Well. Milwaukee, <laughs> Don Maker at number ten is a guy. I don't get it. Trade uh, down, <laughs> trade yeah. down if that's your guy. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I I can't imagine any other team was really um, making a push to get uh, to get Maker this high. Uh, you know, aside from the que- you know the question marks around him uh, between his development and. The stuff with his age, whether it's real or not, that and that's going to be a question that's out there because I don't think it will ever be pre-proven, uh, you know, how old he really is. Um, you know, it's this obsession with length, um, and it, it, you can have all the length in the world if you don't know what to do with it. It doesn't matter. Uh, but you know, they they figured they they hit once with Giannis and. Yeah, give it another shot here. Yeah, uh, I, I was proud of my tweet last night where I said the the Bucks care about wingspan more than Al Davis cared about long speed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a big hit uh, from from my social media brand. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, straight down, man. I mean, there's there's so many. And the other thing I don't like about it too is you're basically telling the NBA that you don't want Greg Monroe. I mean, you're going to have a huge need on the wing. There are some pretty decent players uh, on the wings that were available. You know, get a get a shooter. Uh, and the, the tough part was there wasn't really a good shooter in that spot. 
But take somebody. I mean, maybe even Valentin. I thought he would be a nice fit on that team. And sliding Mills in over. Um, and then taking some pressure off Giannis as a ball handler, too. I thought that would have been a better pick. Um, well, what makes it even more, what makes it even more confusing is, I guess it was down to Maker and DeJounte Murray um, was a, another one they were seriously considering. <laughs> so I don't even, I mean, they're just basically saying, we don't care about this pick. Yeah, man. That's, that, they, they love swinging for defenses, man. And number 10, that's a risky move. Like, I know well, pretty much everyone had him. Uh, out, of, out of the first round, especially with that report coming in, he may be 21 to 23. It's crazy. Uh, any other loses you want to hit? Um, no, I mean, only, good, I mean, real quick, um, the Knicks. Oh, <laughs> Bill yeah. Jackson insisted that they were going to be in this draft. Especially with uh, the guys sliding in the second round, spend some money and get one of those guys. That's what I mean. The talent just falling, um, the opportunities were there. And, I mean, not even a peep. I mean, I I can't. I don't even know if any of the New York Knicks beat, beat guys were were even tweeting last night. Yeah. Um, so I mean, just a mess on their part. And uh, you know, we already hit quickly on Sacramento. Um, they have Marquise Chris fall into their lap, uh, and then uh, and turn that around to get Pop Giannis and Scalabissier. Uh Demarcus Cousins uh, is rightfully. Uh, Asking, asking for strength. <laughs> All right. So uh, again, kind of keep, we kind of got the gist of it. But anybody else that you thought was like a, kind of a steal uh, that you know, like we have, we already talked about Baldwin. Chris is a little bit of a steal, and then obviously Davis. Anybody else? Did we either uh, Damian Jones? You thought was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, as much as I don't really like Dejounte Murray, I think he ends up as a steal. Perfect team, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, if any team is going to be able to to get this guy on the right track, uh, it's San Antonio, um, and to get a guy who was making a lo- you know a lottery push near the end to get him in, at twenty nine um, is, is just a great move for them. It's low risk, um, high reward. I mean, this is sort of the ultimate version of yeah. of that. Uh, what about Reaches the bad picks, the ones you didn't like, besides Maker. Um, Papa John is at 13. Yeah. Um, uh, I know Papa uh, John, there was a lot of talk of him moving up, but I thought he was moving up from like 40 to like 30. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a move that makes very little sense, um, especially when, you, when, when, it, when it ends up being a pick you get back from having traded Marquise Chris. <laughs> Uh, so that's one I'll, I'll, I'll never uh, figure out. And they did get Scott LaBissier, who probably is a better prospect today than Papa Giannis uh, is. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, and, and, and to see LaBissier fall, I mean, I want to know what 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 Coach Cal had to promise to get that done because <laughs> I didn't. I mean, uh, he was working the phones harder than some teams trying to get Scout drafted. <laughs> yeah. He, he was pimping uh, Jamal. We'll talk about Jamal Murray shortly, too. So, uh, Okay, anything else reaches-wise before we go through? Um, no, I mean, everyone else, you know, I, the way people were falling, uh, I think we hit all the big ones that sort of caused uh, the chaos here. What do you think about uh, Pascal Sycam? Psy- how, how do you think he did? Yeah. I thought that was a little I, early, 27. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's 27. <laughs> when you're at 27, um, 
it does you know it, it doesn't matter and even though he's an experienced college player he, there, there's still a lot that's uh, a bit raw about him and uh, getting him locked up um, is probably you know it's not the worst move in the world for Toronto and his toughness and ability to hit the boards and I mean, it's everything they could use. Uh, what do you think about um, Tareen Prince going to, I mean, like we were saying, they have no depth behind Dennis Schroeder, uh, the Hawks. So, I mean, and there's just a report now saying that Kent, they're going to focus on bringing Kent Bazemore in. So they spent both their picks on Bazemore's position, uh, and now they're going to try to re-sign him when you don't have anyone behind Schroeder. I mean, Kirk Heinrich is gone. So... <laughs> Uh, I thought I mean, that I, was, yeah, I, thought that I actually was. liked these picks, um, yeah. assuming that Baysmore uh, would, uh, you know, would be gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Prince is is twelve is a bit of a reach for him, um, but it, you know, there are times too when you have uh, a guy who's not really a you know a project. If he's your guy, you you grab him. Um, you know, especially. Yeah, there 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 were teams that you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen who all had interest in Prince. Uh, so while not his value, I can understand doing it. Uh, but then to you know to cap it off with uh, DeAndre Bembry, who I love and who a lot of people were assuming Atlanta was going to go for at this twenty-one spot. Um, yeah, I mean, and Al gives them a lot of depth on the wing. But if Bazemore is going to be there. Um, what does it matter? Yeah, uh, that was one thing I was watching, seeing if they felt confident in Bazemore and Horford staying, they would go point guard, at least in one of those spots. And they didn't. So, I don't know. I, I feel like them, that doesn't really hold a lot of weight, uh, that report that they're going to try to re-sign him. Uh, okay, so let's go through the top ten really quick here. We, we've been milking this thing quite a bit. So we covered Simmons already. We haven't really talked about Brandon Ingram, who was the, the hands down. I know you love Ingram a lot. Um, so do you see him kind of hitting the ground running? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be his team. Someone's just going to have to convince D'Angelo Russell of it. Um, but no, it, it, this is the guy that the Lakers are going to build around uh, for the future. And... Uh, the shots are going to be there. Uh, you know, the ball is going to be in his hands. So, I, you know, it's a great landing spot for him. Do you think that this takes away from Julius Randle's minutes? I think it does. I don't think they really want to play Randle at the five. Um, yeah, Randle's always sort of been an odd fit um, for them. For all, I mean, you know, his ability to hit the boards and stuff, but uh, he just has seemed out of place with, with the rest of the players they've, they've continued to add to this group. Yeah, he's like Gordon, loves those face-ups. Uh, I saw him do that a lot uh, in Summer League, and he didn't really do it in the, at the NBA level. He played a little bit more back to the basket. Um, so, yeah, he's probably, for fantasy-wise, I think he's probably the number one guy uh, if you take into account percentages and stuff, which is really important. Uh, so we talked about Jalen Brown. We hate this pick, uh, a guy who doesn't have a great fantasy appeal either. Uh, so, yeah, anything you want to add? I mean, I don't really see him being drafted, anything you, you or unless he gets traded. Yeah, no, I don't see him making any kind of impact next year for for a team that's already a playoff yeah, team. Not taking minutes from Jay Crowder, uh, who basically plays the same position in in the same kind of style. Yeah. <laughs> so Phoenix, we talked about Bender. He's going to be very very quiet this year. I mean, he barely played last year, uh, so he's he's going to have to. Even though Phoenix doesn't really have anything, uh, he'll probably I see 13, 14 minutes a game. Give or take. Yeah, if that. I'm not yeah. even sure. You know, because 
you know, so like I said, you know, they've already taken Chris also. So you got to figure out, uh, you know, how, how they're going to uh, get both of them some time that they need. Yeah, hopefully they could sign someone on like a, a two-year, one-year, two-year deal, maybe one year with a team option, um, and then go from there. I mean, the Suns are kind of thinking about long-term now, which is good. Uh, they're not really in great shape. Um, this is the interesting pick here. So Chris Dunn, widely thought as the most NBA second ready third second or third NBA ready player um, going to Minnesota. What do you think about? Um, his skill set coming into the league already, and I guess what it does for the other guys. Uh, I I think it's a great pick for Minnesota mm-hmm. um, to have him. You know, because a lot of people thought he was a Boston target at three, or Philly wanted to trade for him to get him at three, uh, get him at five. Uh, just you know, a fantastic creator. The vision is there. Um, and, and the defensive ability. So there's a lot he can bring right away. Um, and I think most important is if he comes, if he can sort of come along quickly, show that you know that he can do all that he'd done in college at the NBA level. It then makes uh, Ricky Rubio a very valuable trade chip, um, which they can use to sort of add. Um, you know those last couple of pieces. You know that that last those last couple of pieces. They may need to take that 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 one significant jump um, as a team. Yeah, I I feel like I'm higher on and I'm not a big big Rubio fan, but I think that Rubio and Dunn kind of coincide. They're going to need three point shooting some way, so they're really counting on Levine to relieve that and Wiggins as well, who shot forty percent from three after the break. But they're saying they're going to play Dunn and Rubio next to each other. Both can kind of guard smaller-ish twos, so I think that's good. Um, but Dunn is, is definitely more of a, a Tibbs kind of guy. Really likes to press on D, likes to slash. So, yeah, I mean, if Rubio gets traded, uh, it's going to be uh, all, you know, everyone's going to be after Chris Dunn, especially in, in fantasy. Uh, let's kind of move along, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Buddy Heald, uh, another NBA-ready guy. At six, um, they needed shooting, uh, and then Eric Gordon's as good as gone, so he's going to slide in minutes right away. Uh, yeah, and you know the perfect fit, the perfect city for the guy. Uh, you know, the personality is just going to shine down there. People are going to love him, um, and you know he brings more. He, he is, I mean, he is more than a shooter. There's a lot more uh, that he can do on offense if given the chance. Um, but I think the most important thing for, for New Orleans is that he's ready to go from day one. Yep. Um, and a big need. I mean, they started so many awful guys uh, at the two and the three due to injury, of course. But uh, to get a solid guy like that was big. Uh, someone definitely on the radar for fantasy. Uh, I'll just move on, I guess. Uh, I like the Jamal Murray pick. Uh, I know a lot of people were tweeting at me saying, oh, why are you taking him if Gary Harris and Moody are so good? Like, uh... They're not going to play 48 minutes. Um, and Will Barton's there. He played some three. So they have good depth there. I love this pick for Denver. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the pick. Um, I think people, you know, from what I was seeing last night, would just sort of really overestimate how good Jamal Murray is. Um, you know, he's a spot shooter. Uh, there's not much else he can do. Uh, unless you listen to him, and he'll tell you he's a point guard. Yeah, apparently vehemently feeling so. He said like three or four times on the conference call that he's like, hey, I'm a point guard. 
Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it's the it's the Zach Levine school of thought, and, <laughs> and, uh, and Aaron Gordon. Hey, I'm a three. Yeah. Wait, uh, <laughs> yeah, and no, he's not. And yeah, you know, once in a while you'll let him create out of the two, um, but when when Kentucky put the ball in his hands, I mean, I can't remember the last college point guard prospect who had more turnovers than assists um, and, and, and was picked in the, especially picked in the lottery so now he's a spot shooter um, I don't think he'll ever even actually be better than Gary Harris but for depth for depth purposes uh, yeah it's nice it's nice to have yeah I'm a, I'm a big big Gary Harris guy and I'm not worried about his minutes okay so let's finish we talked about Chris quite a uh, Chris quite a bit um, Yaka Pirtle um, goodbye Bismack Biombo. Um, and then they took Pascal uh, with 27, so that's kind of a, a takeaway there. Uh, they're fully ready for him to go. So Yaka Pertl, kind of a similar to Jonas Valachunas, more offense first, right? Yeah, more offense first. Doesn't have, um, you know, he's not as physical as Valachunas was coming in uh, to the NBA. Uh, but yeah, I mean, great, you know, very good pick and roll guy, um, but not. Not a fantastic uh, rim protector, so I mean, you're not re- exactly replacing uh, Biombo with with him, um, but it, 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 it will create some kind of depth at the position for him. Yep, and they could still sign someone cheaper than Biombo's going to be. It sounds like. Uh, okay, so other players we talked about most of them again, um, just to hit quickly, uh, guys that are going to play, kind of have a decent chance for minutes. Um, we talked about Sabonis a little bit. Um, you know, he could potentially start, uh, or he could be coming off the bench to relieve Adams. And um, I, mean, I think Cantor has to come off the bench with the way he plays. So he, he should be fitting in there. Uh, anything you want to add on him? We pretty much covered him. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Wade Baldwin, we talked about a guy who could get minutes, could get a lot of minutes if Conley's not there. Um, we talked about uh, Karis Levert who comes on a team with no depth um, really anywhere. And then a guy we didn't talk about too much was Denzel Valentin, who slipped a little bit. Um, well, AP Player of the Year, first uh, first team, uh, All-American, pretty good player, uh, who's apparently going to play some point guard uh, for the Bulls. So he's a kind of a, a sneaky end-of-the-lottery pick right there that can make an impact. Um, plenty of seasoning, too, at Michigan State. Uh, yeah, and you know the only real concerns people have about him are his athleticism um, and you know the supposed red flag uh, with his knees. Uh, but you know I'm not concerned. You know the athletic, You know people love love quick guys, but he knows how to play defense. Um, you know he he went up against plenty of guys who were quicker than him. Uh, at a very high level in college, and had ve- you know very few problems. He's an, you know he's an ISO guy. Uh, they they know how to play defense, uh, and you know he'll get into better shape. He'll get a bit quicker. So yeah, I think this is a fantastic move for Chicago. Yeah, great great spot. Even though it's kind of Jimmy Butler's position, but take the best player, good upside, uh, give take a little pressure off Jimmy too. Uh, other guys, I think Tareen Prince if. Bazemore's gone. I think he's coming in this possible playing time. Got a lot of playing time at Baylor. Um, we talked about Isaiah Whitehead. We talked about Deontay Davis a little bit. Uh, a guy I put down who, who looks NBA ready was uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who uh, really good year. 
pretty efficient at Virginia. I could see him uh, with the Bucks maybe moving guys around, and if they swing and miss on the wing, because like, like we were saying here, they went big early, and they're going to have basically Rashad Vaughn, and uh, that could be it. Uh, well, Chris Middleton, again, would slide at a three in this case. So I could see him possibly making a run of minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, between his ability to shoot and his ability to defend, I mean, those are his two things. Um, and, you know, that could be enough enough to get him on the floor. And yeah, he can knock he can knock down shots. Uh, he'll get – he's not really a steals guy, but he's, you know, he's more of a lockdown defender. Um, but, you know, he's the kind of guy coaches will be confident in getting, you know, giving him minutes. Yeah, kind of uh, Justin Anderson-like, it sounds like. Same college and everything, too. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they pretty much were, you know, were very similar <laughs> at Virginia. And Anderson looked good, uh, especially late in the year. Uh, he really came on. Um, I, I wrote down just because of the GM uh, for the Pacers was saying that they're going to try to play Georgia Snang, um, four-year player at Iowa State. Uh, obviously, they are loving uh, the talk about pace for the Pacers. Um, so a guy who played in an up-tempo with Iowa State with Hoiberg, Thought that's something to watch. I mean, obviously, you're not going to like draft him for fantasy. But uh, what do you think about him? I, th- I thought that was an interesting pick. I love George Niang. Um, and Fitz, um, you know, what the, you know, the kind of player the Pacers organization has always liked. Um, you know, an experienced college player, a very smart player, um, and, and very versatile. Uh, over the last couple of years, he's become a very good shooter. Uh, he can create off the dribble a bit. Uh, good passer. Uh, does a lot of everything. You know, I'm saying for fantasy purposes, I don't know <laughs> where exactly he fits in. Uh, but for team purposes, uh, I think the Pacers got got a good one there. Yeah, great depth behind George, like if Paul George or Thad Young this time. He could slide right into some minutes right there. Uh, with a, with a four years experience, anything you want to add on players, maybe that you thought are kind of under the radar, or anything? yeah, I, just one one guy to watch. Uh, I mean, if Sacramento did something good, it, it Isaiah Cousins at fifty nine, um, uh, and just a, a solid point guard, uh, become a good shooter, and with their point guard problems, um, you know. Not with Rondo, you know, we don't know if he'll be back. And uh, Collison dealing with off-court off stuff. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cousins get minutes next year. Wow. That's, it's, and he was, he's kind of ready-ish? Yeah. I mean, he, I mean a, lot of people, a lot more people would have talked, probably talked about him if he hadn't played in Buddy Heald Shadow okay. for a year. I mean, if you, he had a very good season. Yeah, and he's not going to have to handle the ball really score a lot with Cousins and Rudy Gay there, so that that makes sense. Yeah, and he played. I mean, he played both the one and two at at, uh, at Oklahoma. So it, it, there's a lot there to like. And the Kings didn't really address. I mean, Ben McLemore is terrible. Um, Nick Stauskas is gone. They've been fighting that shooting guard battle for years. Um, and I mean, Bogdan. They're probably counting on Bogdan coming over next year. Uh, and then one guy we talked about before I let you go, we talked about uh, Ivanka Zubak for the Lakers. You said you like that pick quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I like you know especially where they got him. You know, getting him in the early second round, uh, great size. I mean, seven one, two sixty, two sixty five, and 
you know, the, the offensive skill set has really come along early. He's just 19. Uh, you know, the one thing is I'm just not sure how much a, you know, of a defensive presence he's going to be. We're not talking about, a, you know, a real potential uh, rim protector or anything like that, but, but a, you know, a, a skilled big guy with potential, and to get him uh, in the second round was, was great for the Lakers. All right, man. This is so awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Oh, no problem. No right. problem. It was a great time. Yeah, make sure you guys follow Ed uh, at NBA Draft Blog, and then you can check out his website too, uh, nbadraftblog.com. It's also linked on his Twitter page. But, yeah, check that out. Uh, a lot of great player profiles if you want to learn a little bit more about guys. Uh, and, man, this is, uh, this is quite the rabbit hole to dig into, man. You, go take a vacation or at least, like, go on a – Go have a nice weekend. Uh, uh, you play golf and do something. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, there, there's always work to do. The vacation will come eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way, man. I was like, eh, I feel like going and doing it for the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thanks again for coming on, and thanks everyone for listening. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.